Hello everyone. Welcome to the joint recorded podcast of Nangya Anderson. In this edition of our podcast, we are here to talk about one of the widely contested issue during transfer pricing audit, that is intragroup services. As an introduction, I am Achal Kapoor, working as director in the transfer pricing team of Nangya Anderson, and today I have with me Mr. Amit Agarwal, partner transfer pricing and merger and acquisition tax in Nangya Anderson to share his insight on some of the key areas of IGS. The emergence and growth of multinational enterprises in the recent years have led businesses to set, set up specialized unit or facilities for rendering intragroup services. These transactions have been subject to voluminous scrutiny in India and has invariably led to prolonged litigation. In this session, it is our endeavor to analyze the related transfer pricing issues, highlight the learning from international guidelines as well as judicial precedents in India, and comment on the possible modus operandi to navigate through these issues. Thank you so much, Amit, for joining with us today. Thanks, Anjul. Happy to share my thoughts on the issue of intragroup services today. So, to start with, I will briefly roll out the agenda of today's discussion for our listeners. In this session, we shall be discussing about what are the typical IGS transactions undertaken by MEs, certain key judicial pronouncements and learning from therein, India TP position and international guidelines on IGS, what are the specific IGS regulations in India vis-a-vis other countries, and lastly and most important in the current scenario is the TP insight on IGS in light of COVID-19. So Amit, can you briefly explain what are the typical intragroup service transactions that are undertaken by multinational enterprises and what is the perception of Indian revenue authorities on such transactions? Thank you, Anjal. Post-globalization, multinational enterprises have integrated business operations and to administer efficient working and have better synergies amongst entities located in different jurisdictions there is definitely a centralized multinational enterprise which provides centralized services which we typically call as intragroup services. These services are in the nature of management, research and development, administrative, technical, financial and so on and so forth services. Over the past decades, we have seen a significant increase in provision of intra-group services by centralized cells of multinationals to Indian subsidiaries. Because of this significant increase in charge out of intra-group services from the Indian subsidiaries, the issue of intra-group services has assumed significant proportions from an Indian transfer pricing perspective. You asked me a question, Anchal, as to what was the reason why multinationals provide centralized services and why do they have centralized cells for provision of intergroup services? Well, some of the prominent reasons include that centralized intergroup services helps in minimizing costs to economies of scale. Second, more centralization of services, it gives more room for specialization and helps in building centers of excellence. Also ensures in maintaining consistent quality and helps in developing a global footprint and rolling on operations in multiple countries 
in a seamless and consistent manner. Now we have to come back to the question of India Revenue's perception towards intra-group services. Over the last 20 years of transfer pricing legislation being present in India, we have seen that the Indian Revenue Authorities have increased scrutiny of intra-group service payments by the Indian subsidiaries. The field officers, which are which we mean the lower level of transfer pricing authorities, have been consistently alleging that the value of the intra-group services received by the Indian subsidiaries is nil. This basically means that the entire payment made by the Indian subsidiaries towards intra-group services is, is disregarded and is considered nil, which has an impact on the taxable income of the Indian subsidiaries. At the next level, which is generally the DRP or the CIT, they have been also following the same trend and have held that the value of the intra-group services is nil or lower than what is disclosed in the books of account. However, our experience suggests that once this issue travels to the Income Tax Tribunal, which is the highest fact-finding body, the tribunal has gone through the merits of the case, has dealt with the intricacies of the need of the intergroup services and have in some cases laid down guiding principles which provide for determination of arm's length price of intergroup services. In many cases, we have seen favorable orders from the tax office for intergroup services. So Anchal, in summary, the revenue authorities have been looking at intergroup services in a mix, mixed manner. The lower level of revenue authorities allege that the value of the intergroup services nil. While as we move towards the tribunal level, we are finding some success uh, in favor of the taxpayers and where the arm's length price of the intergroup services has been accepted. Thank you, Amit, for giving us this background. So, in light of this, would you also like to discuss certain judicial pronouncements on this issue of intra-group services? And also, do you feel that is there any trend in these uh, rulings for IGS issue? I think this is a very interesting part. Historically, the dispute around intra-group services has centered around the proof of service rendition by the overseas entities. The Income tax tribunals have examined the arm's length nature of intergroup charges by verifying the need of for the intergroup services, whether intergroup services are of such strategic slash operational nature which have resulted in some benefits to the service recipient. This is what we call the need test, whether the service recipient actually has the need for the receipt of a particular service. The second test which the tribunals have adopted is the, whether the service provider, that is the overseas entity, has the capability and the experience to provide the said services. It should not happen that we are merely receiving an invoice from an overseas entity and that particular entity does not even have the capability or the experience to provide such intergroup services. Another fact which the tribunal evaluates is whether the services are unique services, meaning thereof they are not duplicative services and they are not shareholder services so that the charge out of the same to the Indian entity is justified. Thereafter, the tribunals have also ruled upon the reasonableness of the overall cost charged to the Indian entity 
in relation to the intragroup services. While doing so, they have evaluated the cost allocation mechanism and the attribution of such charges to the Indian subsidiary based on fair allocation principles. Anchal, now I'll take you through some of the key landmark rulings surrounding intragroup services. One of my favorite rulings is AWB India where the tribunal appreciated that the intragroup service were actually received by the taxpayer in the form of directions and recommendations through phone calls, emails, reports. The tribunal also noted that the taxpayer had successfully demonstrated that the services were actually important for the conduct of business of the taxpayer. Basis thereof, the entire transfer pricing addition made by the lower level of tax authorities was deleted. The second important judgment is McCann Erickson India, wherein the tribunal observed that the SSC had maintained a detailed chart establishing the nature of services provided by the AE, how the services were actually received by the SSE, and what other benefits received by it. Thereafter, the tribunal went on to hold that for determining the value of a particular service, it's only a business expert who can evaluate the true intrinsic value of the services. In summary, the tribunal went ahead and deleted the entire cross pricing adjustment and also upheld the benchmarking of the intragroup services using TNMM method. Post McKen Erickson, we have seen a series of ruling where the tribunal has emphasized that once the taxpayer has established the actual receipt of services and has also demonstrated that the services have a direct connection with the business of the taxpayer. Thereafter, it would be just and appropriate that the said intragroup services can be benchmarked using the TNMM method. Some of these rulings include Magneti Mareli Powertrain India of establishing the arm's length price of intragroup services using TNMM has been upheld. In summary, Anchal, I would say that the current trend of the tribunal rulings demonstrate that the taxpayer has to maintain substantial documentary evidence that he, it has actually received the services and the services have a direct connection with the business of the XSE and thereafter the Amstel price per set service can be justified using the TNMM. So Anchal, I'll just ask you a question. In terms of what you've discussed right now, what would be your advice to the taxpayers or what would be the key takeaways in relation to the intragroup services, what documentation a taxpayer should maintain to demonstrate the arm's length price of the intragroup services? Amit, the various tribunal rulings that you have just discussed is indeed quite insightful. So I think at this point it would be relevant to summarize some of the key learnings from the judicial precedents. It is quite evident that India has wide array of jurisprudence available on the issue of management charge. Particularly in view of lack of detailed legislative provisions, I think jurisprudence takes the preeminent position in gauging at key do's and don'ts and could be helpful in devising a robust documentation approach. So for me, uh, to give away to our listeners the key learnings, the first is the burden of proof. 
it has been clearly held in various rulings that proof of service rendition is essential and the initial burden of the same is on the taxpayer itself to prove that it has received the services from its overseas associated enterprise second most important and very critical is benefit test documentation so the indicative evidences on which the indian tax authorities and appellate forum look upon positively in adjudicating the management charge related disputes are firstly the documentation that includes compilation of emails minute of the calls tailor made opinions memos various training manual provided by the overseas entities uh, visit reports etc which demonstrate the receipt of services secondly it would be important to map all the services which has been rendered under the management charge and clearly mention the benefit received from each of these services lastly i would say the most important uh, would be allocation of cost which is certified by an external expert along with the detailed explanation of cost allocation methodology so these are the key takeaways from these different judicial pronouncements which are given by the indian appellate authorities amit now can you also brief us whether there are any specific igs regulations in india vis-a-vis the other jurisdictions a very interesting question anjan globally there are various practices prevalent across countries first let me talk about india indian transfer pricing regulation indeed contain a reference to intra group services in the definition of international transaction however detailed guidelines for determination of arms length price for an international transaction is not provided in the indian transfer pricing regulations in absence of detailed guidelines multinationals place reliance on the oecd guidelines for the pricing of such intra group services you would you would appreciate that many countries switzerland france uk italy sweden singapore none of them have detailed guidelines for the determination of arms length price of intra group services so essentially the fallback for them is the oecd guidelines or the european union joint transfer pricing forum document uh, recommendations and documentations that they rely upon in summary if one has to benchmark the transaction of intra group services in these jurisdiction they have to rely on the principles as laid down by the oecd tp guidelines the oecd tp guidelines essentially provide for a direct charge method or an indirect charge method of cost allocation for determination of the cost associated with these intra group services it also goes on to say that the shareholder cost and the cost attributable to duplicative activities should not be liable for any compensation going forward as we discussed in just about 5 minutes back the jurisprudence on intra group services in india OECD guidelines also lay down that while conducting transfer pricing analysis for intra group services it has to be first established that whether the intra group services has indeed been provided which is where we talk of the evidence of the existence of intra group services and the second being cost or the arms length price of the service being provided should be benchmarked these are one of the two basics principles laid down under the oecd guidelines now coming to some other jurisdictions like us canada spain netherlands and even china and south africa the domestic regulations 
therein clearly have specific provision with respect to the determination of arms length price for intragroup services it lays down the provision on identifying intragroup services what are non chargeable intragroup services and what is the computation methodology in relation thereto now having discussed the detail a lot of about intragroup services i had a question in my mind that there are two types of intragroup services one is a high value or maybe those kind of intragroup services that provide substantial value to the group now having discussed the international laws with respect to intragroup services and what is prevalent in various jurisdictions i would like to ask you a question anchal this is around the intragroup low value intragroup services as you are aware that many jurisdictions including italy sweden switzerland france uk us have specific regulations with respect to arms length pricing of low value intragroup services and they have developed these regulations primarily relying on the oecd transfer pricing guidelines or the eu joint transfer pricing recommendations having said so does india have specific provisions with respect to low value intragroup services your thoughts anjan yes amit in 2017 low value added intragroup services was also introduced under the safe harbor provisions in india which provides that such safe harbor rules can be opted by taxpayer for receipt of eligible services here it is subject to the transaction amount threshold of up to inr 100 million including the markup the provision for these low value added intragroup services which are specified in the india safe harbor provisions are also broadly sim- on the similar lines with the oecd transfer pricing guidelines with few distinctions like other jurisdictions the said provisions are applicable for service recipient in india and it further additionally specifies the requirement of accountant certificate as a prerequisite this accountant certificate is required to certify the method of cost pooling and the reasonableness of the allocation keys which is used as a allocation of cost so my view on this uh, safe harbor provisions in relation to intragroup services is while it is a welcome step however the markup for outbound intragroup services provided by indian hq company to its foreign associated enterprises and industry specific percentage for such igs services could have also been explored and provided in the safe harbor provision itself for the ease of the taxpayers amit can you now provide uh, some tp insights on igs in the light of covid 19 Well Anchal COVID-19 has led to significant changes with respect to the approach in relation to determination of arms length price for every international transactions including intragroup services with respect to documenting the intragroup service arrangement in preparation for future audits a few principles can be taken from the OECD guidance on COVID-19 impact testing secondly an analysis of the financial impact from COVID-19 in the context of IGS support can include explanation for variances resulting from COVID-19, including variance analysis of budgeted pre-COVID results versus actual results. Second, an analysis of the profitability adjustments that would have been required in case the COVID-19 had not occurred, with specific reference to intragroup services. 
rational for any increased allocation of intra-group service cost considering the need for increased support from centralized service centers of the parent entities. Basis the aforesaid and some more adjustment and detailed variance analysis, a taxpayer would be able to demonstrate the impact of COVID-19 on the arm's length pricing of intra-group services. So in summary, COVID-19 definitely had an impact across industries, had an impact on the transfer pricing supply chains and for intra-group services, the pricing of intra-group services definitely had undergone a change owing to COVID-19. Multinational enterprises need to maintain detailed substantive documentation to explain the impact of COVID-19 on the intra-group services using the tools laid down in the OECD impact testing as well some of the mechanisms we discussed particularly the variance analysis. Sure Amit, this was quite helpful. So would you like to give any concluding remarks? Yes, sure. So the solution of intergroup services primarily lies in maintenance of robust documentation which we typically refer to as a need benefit test documentation. It's a NBT documentation. Now this documentation establishes that the Indian subsidiary has actually received the services from its overseas entities and this is obviously as Anchal you just mentioned a few minutes back that the evidence for services has to be in the form of emails, correspondences, memos or maybe even telephonic calls uh, to demonstrate the service have actually been received by the Indian subsidiary. The need benefit test documentation also establishes whether services were actually required by the Indian subsidiary and what is the benefits associated with that subsidiary. We have discussed in this entire podcast some of the key judicial precedents and the flow of the Indian courts is primarily focused towards maintenance of documentation and then integrating and justifying the intergroup services through usage of transaction net margin method. So in summary Anchal, I believe that intergroup services is an intricate issue. However, the same can be suitably addressed through proper planning and documentation. Thank you so much Amit for your valuable time. In era of global integration, specialization is the buzzword and IGS a business reality likely to increase in future. Both taxpayer and revenue need to approach positively acknowledging the requirement of analyzing each service with reference to its utility and cost, as well as difficulty in documentation of direct evidences. A general aggregation of all transactions by a taxpayer or a blanket rejection of all evidences by the TPOs would only lead to unending litigation. So, the maintenance of robust need-benefit documentation by taxpayer and a pragmatic approach by tax authority on this issue is the only way out. That was all from this session of Nangya Anderson podcast. So stay tuned as we bring you the latest development in the tax and transfer pricing in the upcoming sessions.